0: Ho ho ho, greetings from the North Pole, and welcome to Money MoneyMD. We're giving presents to all the boys and girls for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We've been making a list and checking it twice, and delivering common sense solutions to all your complex problems, naughty or nice. And now, here are my delightful elves, oh <clears throat> sorry, I mean doctors.
1: Well, John, it's hard to believe we are already in the run-up to Christmas.
0: Yeah, day a- day after, and uh, you got all your shopping done. We're right? officially the money elves now. We are the money elves for the next month.
1: <laughs> it's crazy. It's always a fun. But Thanksgiving was was great. You know, good food as usual, and uh, you know, social distance, safe. That yeah. was the key.
0: Yeah, outside dining is what we did, and um, yeah, we did too. You know, it's. Uh, it's just one of those times. I mean this will be a unique year in our it country's will. history and our world's history for that matter. It and will. Uh, we'll look back on this. Um, there's some positive things that have happened. Um, but you know obviously it's been a been a drag for, it has. <laughs> for it most has. folks I mean But very, hey the weather's
1: been great in November, honestly.
0: <clears throat> yeah, it has been. It has we've been very fortunate. We've got uh you know college football, uh, not that we're talking about that anymore cuz South Carolina's not doing very well, but yeah, like you
1: know, Clemson, hey, we're back in the ranks, you yeah, know, you for are, the
0: uh for the time being. For
1: the we're in the uh CFP, you know, yeah. uh playoff rankings and uh yeah, for the time being. That's right. We have got to win Gotta to win tomorrow and uh, and go on and, and went out basically.
0: And and the and the the markets have done phenomenal. Uh, we'll see how there's in, an, another day left in the month, but wow. yeah,
1: incredible month. My it's goodness, just, um, yeah. If you guys haven't been watching the markets, you have no idea the next statement is going to be amazing. It's um yeah, we just we're just having an epic month in the markets because of the vaccines, you know, and yep. and the good news about. You know, some light at the end of the tunnel for this uh, pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, as we've been predicting, we've been talking about this for months. We have, but you I know? tell you, there was no
0: one out there saying November was going to be the month, right? I mean, no, no. there's just not, that's not how it works. But goodness, if you're not in the market now, uh, wow, you missed an incredible run up. You made a
1: huge mistake if you got out before the election. And that's a lot of people, you yeah. know, we're worried about that. We heard yeah. lots of people that I had talk off the ledge there about the election and getting out. So hopefully you know you weren't one of those but um anyway uh but we have a great show lined up today John I mean we got some some good topics here. We're going to start off talking about taxes, right?
0: Taxes. That's right. How to save on your 2020 taxes. A couple of things that you can do. We have about a month left, and there is some time to make some 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 moves to help you with the 2020 tax bill, and we'll kind of go through that. And certainly always recommend that you work with a CPA or a tax advisor in this area, but we can give you some ideas and get you thinking.
1: And then we have another really important topic, and that is helping loved ones with finances, you mm-hmm. know. I have so many friends and myself included um, who are kind of this age group where, you know, your parents are getting elderly um, or you have elderly family members that you're trying to help out. And it's a very delicate subject, you oh, know, no doubt. how you do that, mm-hmm. how you help protect them and, and help them just manage their day to day finances. So we're going to go through that great article here, uh, the bottom line. So you want to stick around for that. By the way, I'm Steve Marvin. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart SmartVestor Pro with over 25 years experience in providing financial planning and investment advice.
0: And I'm John Travis. I'm a Dave Ramsey certified counselor. I have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 28 years.
1: We're excited to have you listening to us today on our weekly show. Our podcast are up every Friday
0: afternoon. Yeah, check out our website, moneymd.net. We have a link to the podcast that you can uh, Listen, you can hang out, man. We got people going back, you know, hundreds of shows listening to it. So uh, uh, that that's a great. It'd be a great New Year's resolution, right? Listen to all the money MD podcast. Keep you busy for pretty much every day. <laughs> no doubt. So yeah, you'd lot, be you'll be attuned to a lot of financial would. information. You would. You would and We have a lot of information out there on the website. Check that out. Also, a Facebook page is called Money MD. And uh, we put a weekly uh, prescription of the week out there. So go check that out.
1: And you can link to us there on our website. Um, send us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. And we will you know, answer those here on the show. Um, but, John, we're going to start off here with the financial fact
0: of the week. Yeah, this comes from uh, Black Box Intelligence. And, um, Steve, you know, the one of the industries that's been hardest hit, and there's been many of them, is the uh, sit-down restaurant chain. So we're not talking mm. about the fast food Fast food's right. pretty much stayed open, right? They just go through the drive-through, but the sit-down, twelve percent of those have actually are have actually closed down and no longer in business um, from you know wow. going all the way back to before the the pandemic. So and it's it's happening again. There's a lot of shutdowns that are happening around the country, and restaurants are certainly being impacted again. So there needs to be some stimulus. I think uh, right you know, right the first stimulus go round was really really good. I think it was timely, helped a lot of people. I think we need to do that in some cases now.
1: Yeah, it's been terrible, you know, for restaurants and sit-down restaurants in general. Having said that, you know, if you're the type of person that always wanted to open a restaurant, Mm. I think second half of next year would be a great time to open a a restaurant. Could be. (laughs) Because there will be a lot of space available. Yep. There will be uh, the pandemic hopefully will be winding down quickly, and uh, there'll be a need because 12% of them are gone. Yeah, that's right. So uh, very interesting. Less competition. Less competition. There you go. That's always a good thing if you're in business. So great fact of the week. All right, and that leads us up here to our uh, first topic, and that is the five— you're in tax saving strategies for this year. Things you can still do mm. right now before the end of the year.
0: Yeah, and don't let the hol- holidays distract you. You know, we've we've uh, starting to to get busy, and obviously Thanksgiving's a busy time. But there are five weeks left in the year, which means the clock is ticking on uh, some tax planning strategies. So some some tactics are only in play for 2020, and that's because of the the CARES Act that was implemented this year due to uh, the pandemic, so this is the only chance you'll have to capitalize on them. So you know, these typical year-end, you know, strategies, um, you have to do it by the end of the year, December 31st, um, and there's some other ones as well that you can you can look at. But you know, again, we always recommend that you talk with your your tax professional uh, in these cases. Make sure this is. Uh, you know, uh, good for your situation. Every situation is certainly diff- different. But the first one here, Steve, is um, is you know something we talk about frequently, but giving is a way to if impact your taxes.
1: Yeah, absolutely, you know And um, and this one, the way they describe it, doesn't quite apply to a lot of people, okay? Um, but I'm gonna pivot on it just a little bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the CARES Act, though, it did it did raise the limit on how much you can give to cash to a public charity. From 60% of your adjusted gross income to 100%, um, so you could deduct 100% of your adjusted gross income if you give it to a a public charity, and this doesn't apply to donor advised funds, okay? And this is for this year only. Um, of course, there aren't too many people that give over 60% of their adjusted gross yeah, income no. to charities, so this really doesn't apply unless you're just one of those, you know, wealthy philanthrop. Philanthropist. Right. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> That's a hard you one. You know, I can't even say it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so this doesn't apply. But when you tell you what does apply, though, John, that is is a great year-end strategy, and that's giving your RMD to mm-hmm. a charity. Yeah. You know, because you can give up to $100,000 if you're over 70 and you're taking an RMD um, to a charity and it doesn't hit your adjusted gross income. So you get all the benefit of like you're you're taking the deduction for it while you're still claiming the standard deduction.
0: Yeah, and you know another thing that they don't really go into detail here, and you, you hit on a little bit is that donor advised fund, right? Yes. yes. I mean, so you know if you look at the um, uh, you know the standard deduction, it's very high. It's twelve thousand for mm-hmm. singles and almost twenty five for married couples. So that's right. You know, a lot of folks are are not able to give over that amount, and that's those are very big numbers to hit. Yeah. However, if you bunch your your giving, Giving, you know into multiple years let's say you were given $10,000 a year if you had some additional cash for whatever reason that you could you know put into a donor advised fund it's a way to help your taxes this year so that's a
1: or better yet if you even have appreciated assets yes we've had this great recovery if you bought some stuff at the bottom maybe you bought some stocks and you're thinking about selling them if you don't give those to your donor advised fund if you've held them over a year you yep. get to take a full Full deduction for that, um, and you can bunch it up, like you said, all in one year. Yeah, it's a great strategy. I
0: mean, if you hit, if you were lucky enough, it's it's like it's like going to Vegas. But if you if you mm-hmm. bought a stock like Tesla that's up, you know, Good four grief. or five hundred percent. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, it's a great way. You're gonna if you don't give that, you're gonna have to pay taxes on it, and it's gonna be significant. So think about a donor advised fund. Go check that out. It's a really neat concept. Uh, appreciated stock can be put in there. Appreciated stock can also be given to a church. As well, right, so you want right. to take a look at that. So there's also another provision in the Cares Act that it basically allows you to take a an above-the-line deduction for up to $300 in cash donations. So um, you know it's, that's that's a a little. It's a small one, but small still one.
1: every bit helps.
0: That's right. So you know, for contributions of $250 or more, mm-hmm. you you have to have um, you know a written acknowledgement from the charity and so forth. But just keep your your records. But the takeaway from this one is. Um, the donor advised fund appreciated stock, I think, are two opportunities we see clients and other people taking advantage of.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's a good one. You know, another one here, John, is to consider a Roth IRA conversion. And we talk about this a lot. You know, I mean, today's tax rates for most people really are 12%. You know, yep. if, your, if your gross income for a married couple is below about a dollars dollars adjusted gross income, Um, When you take the standard deduction off of that for a married couple, it puts you right at the top of the 12% bracket. So, if you're under that, that's a pretty low tax bracket. You know, if you look back over the last 40 years, there has never been a time when a person can make $100,000, you know, for a married couple and and be taxed that little. Yeah. Um. So you know you want to you want to take advantage of that, and you know one way to do that is to Um, is to do Roth IRA conversions. And uh, so you might be having a down year, you know, this year, if you got furloughed for a while or maybe you were out of work, um, you know, and it would be a great year to do that if that's the case, or maybe you retired this year. Um, So, you know, think about that. You know, if you can get some money out of your IRA into a Roth and only pay 12% or less taxes on it at the federal level, that's a pretty good deal. And as we've talked about a bunch of times, Having money in a Roth IRA during retirement is golden. Yes. It really is because that gives you flexibility. All of a sudden you have control over your tax situation. You know, then you can choose well, do I take money out of my IRA and pay tax on it when I'm taking this trip or buying a car or do something unusual, or do I take it out of my Roth IRA and, you know, not pay any tax on it. And you got some flexibility there you're not forced into a higher tax bracket every time yep you need a little extra money
0: options are good options are good yeah and so number three here is um, make sure you don't forget business deductions let's say you have a side gig you know you've had to start your own business Um, business expenses that are ordinary and necessary as a part of your business are deductible. So some of these breaks include, you know, the home office deduction, um, you can write off for mileage and uh, expenses for the materials and equipment you brought to the job. So make sure you keep your receipts and you track that. Um, this would be a good time to maybe start a, a spreadsheet if you haven't done that for the year and, and make sure that you have that documented for next spring, when you do your taxes, so you just want to make sure that you know these business deductions are, are going to help you. They're going to lower your income, which is going to lower your taxes. So, uh, another idea here, and Steve, we talk about this a lot, is uh, healthcare savings accounts. Oh yeah, that's we a love big these. deal. Yeah, love these. So that's actually going to reduce your income, which is going to lower your taxes. So there's three things that are really cool about the HSA. You know, you get to contribute. Pre-tax and, and reduce it. Um, it also accumulates free of taxes, and then when you use it in the future, there are no taxes for medical. Exactly. So exactly. Yeah, it's good.
1: Yeah, yeah. so I mean, you know, and the way this works, you know, you can use the funds for qualified medical expenses and avoid taxes on the withdrawals. And the maximum you contribute this year is thirty-five fifty for an individual or seventy-one hundred dollars for a family plan for someone that covers more than more than one person. And if you're 55 or older, you can put an extra $1,000 in there and get the catch-up provision. So $8,100 potentially for you and your wife going into a health care savings account. And, you know, the great thing about this, John, is you don't have to use it, lose it, right? You can. It carries over. You put it in this account. And, in fact, we would encourage you not to use it because yeah. you can dock the expenses this year that you had, pay those out of your hip pocket, Um, you know, at your current tax rate. And then you can let this money stay in the account and grow tax-free. So it's like having a Roth IRA that you also get to deduct on the front end, like an IRA. It's an IRA and a Roth combined, the best of both worlds. And you get to take the money out tax-free in the future anytime. So why not just throw those receipts in a box, keep them, let this money grow tax-free, and it can be like your long-term care account or something that you use in the future. So let that baby build up, I mean, tax free and inve- your, invest in the stock market. Your
0: golf vacation account, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, <laughs> if
1: you got the expenses to cover yeah, already. Yeah, it really yeah, becomes a tax
0: free bucket that you so can pull. It's a great
1: tax free bucket that you can do in addition to. So if you have a qualifying, you know, high deductible plan. That's the key. Plan, yep. But today's world, you know, that means what they call high deductible is not really high deductible. anymore. Yeah, it's, it's normal.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just
1: got to be an HSA qualified plan that doesn't pay like first dollar for office visits.
0: Yeah, and so the last one here is um, get make sure you get your tax withholding in order. This is really important. Um, you know, generally, taxpayers must pay 90% of the current year's taxes owed or 100% of the tax liability from the prior year. Uh, or you're going to have some penalties um, from the IRS. And so those folks, if you have an adjusted gross income over 150000 then you must pay at least 110% of the prior year's taxes owed. So, again, you don't want to fall short in this area. Um, you'll be subject to penalties and interest. So, again, it's, it's sitting now with your, C, your CPA or tax professional going through, kind of reviewing your situation, making sure you've uh, taken advantage of all the different opportunities that are out there, and these are these are five things to think about and consider, and uh, you know taxes. People don't like paying taxes. The Roth right. conversion is one time we do say that may be a reasonable you know solution. Go pay some taxes at 12%, but most people, right. you know, if you can reduce your tax bill this year, it's going to help you um, with the budget and going forward. So.
1: Yeah, that's right. And the penalty-proof part you just mentioned, you know, that we really see that when someone like sells a house. Or they sell something and have a big extra income in their year. Maybe they sold some appreciated assets because they reinvested some some investments. Um, that's when you need to make sure you're penalty proof yourself by paying at least ninety percent of um of of this year's liability or a hundred percent of last year's liability. For most people, that gets you penalty proof. If you're in a high income bracket, a really high income bracket, then then it's a hundred percent of this year's liability or one hundred and ten percent of last year's liability. So just keep that in mind. That you, if you had, if you sold a house or something big that that was a rental house that that's not exempt from taxes, then you you probably need to look at penalty proofing yourself. So yes. good, great point. All right, and that leads us up here to our. Uh, Next thing, and that is the question of the week.
0: Yeah, the question is, is my mother's just being diagnosed with dementia, um, have a couple siblings, we're trying to figure out, uh, you know, where she's going to live, uh, maybe moving into one of the um, the children's homes to be taken care of, or going to another facility, and, and uh, any ideas, if that's a good idea, well, oh goodness, um, it's certainly going to be cheaper to live, for her to live with you, but... Um, that, yeah. that changes life so much, and you gotta. It's, it's delicate. It is. It's not an easy thing, and you you can uh, uh, register to be a care caregiver and so forth. But um, boy, I tell you, if you have the means to to look at an independent facility, um, that may be advisable. I will tell you, there's a really good organization in Augusta, uh, and if you have an interest, we can you know connect you with them. But they they provide. Um, they have knowledge on the resources in this area. Yeah,
1: healthcare liaison. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep.
0: And they're they're a great resource. So definitely do your homework on that. that's not a, that's a decision to take lightly, having someone move into your life, uh very, very challenging. Yeah,
1: it really is. It's something you wanna you wanna think hard long and hard about. I mean, you know, also if you go and build like a mother in law or a mother, you know, suite um in your own your house, I mean, how long does it take to build that? How long are they going to be in this situation before they need, mm-hmm. you know, uh, more assisted assisted care? Um, so you, you want to think long and hard about that because um, sometimes that can be really temporary situation that progresses really quickly. Yep. So you want to talk to your doctor? Really know what how their situation is expected to progress. Yeah,
0: I would. We we refer people to long term liaisons quite a bit because they have a they have a good consulting yeah. knowledge of the area and things to think. They're think fantastic. About. They're, I've
1: used them, yeah. and you know, from my own mom, and it was well worth the money. Yeah. I mean, really points you in the right direction, tells you what to expect. You can really really gives you knowledge of somebody that's seeing hundreds of cases and mm-hmm. they really understand how your your situation falls in the broad scheme yeah, of things that's right. so certainly worth the worth the the help so worth the money there so good good topic all right and that leads us up to our next topic here and that is helping loved ones with finances so it's kind of along the same lines mm-hmm. here John um but it's talking about the finances in general and this is a based on an article out of bottom line Inc um, Shirley Whitnick. Um, White Nick, excuse me. And, um, you know, but taking over a family's, you know, members finances can be challenging in the best of circumstances. And, you know, in the event of a a loved one's illness or mental decline, um, you not only have to deal with kind of a myriad of financial issues um, surrounding the illness, but also with the emotional challenges as well. And before you can even start kind of the day-to-day financial role, you, you might need to overcome kind of a num- number of common hurdles um, like, you know, obtaining legal authority to mm-hmm. act on their behalf um, and uh, coordinating the efforts with other family members. Um, so to help you get started kind of managing someone's finances and succeed over time, kind of here are the most some of the most common issues that you're likely to run into and how to kind of address those successfully. First one is, um, you know, your loved one hasn't planned uh, for not being able to handle their own finances at all. Right. So what do you do? I mean, many people put off estate planning. They put off end of life planning. Um, so it's really, you know, it, it's possible that that no one has been kind of named to make financial decisions for them or even identified in your family to be the point person for helping to take care of their day to day finances. Um, and so even if your loved one kind of appoints someone years ago, that person may no longer be able to fill that role and, and things may have changed.
0: Yeah, and so in these cases, you're going to have to work with uh, your loved one to get legal authority. They're going to have to basically give you approval to, um, to have that. And, uh, you know, if your relative is completely incapacitated, uh, it becomes difficult. You have to go to court and petition for a guardianship, and uh, that requires a psychological evaluation to declare your loved one incompetent and uh, that's certainly rare uh, most mm-hmm. elderly people are able to to uh, execute basic estate planning documents but you know it's something you want to think through and uh, make sure you prepared for and some of those documents um, that, that we talk about that are common one of them is called a durable power of attorney POA and uh, this is an important document you'll need in order to become your loved ones uh, financial caregiver it basically declares you as the uh, the person's agent and gives you the legal authority to sign tax returns, you know, write and deposit checks, uh, sell assets, bonds, real estate, and so forth, basically make the financial moves on their behalf. So they're trusting you uh, with their signature and you're able to make financial moves.
1: Yeah, and these really aren't very expensive to execute. Um, they roughly cost about $150 to $250 to have for most attorneys to draft a power of attorney. And um, this money is well spent because an attorney can draft a POA document that addresses your your specific needs. Um, you know, example, if a loved one wants to transfer assets to a spouse or children, you know, while they're alive, I mean, you know, you may need a gifting provision in there, um, and, which isn't included in a kind of a standard power of attorney. So, you know, it's a little bit different in each state, To, I mean, the rules change from state to state, so you want to be careful about that, Um So a lot of people want to try to download a form and do it themselves, which you can do. But you just got to make sure it's the right state and has all the right provisions in there, you know, for the institution that you're going to use it for. And uh, in many cases, you know, a parent may decide to name two or more adults, children, you know, to kind of share the power of attorney. And if multiple siblings are to kind of serve as the agents, then you need to consider writing a, a power of attorney specific to each of you so that you can act independently um, you know, if not, all the agents have to sign every check, mm-hmm. um, which yeah. can be tricky, you know, if you or your siblings, you know, live far apart or, you know, maybe disagree. And, and also, I mean, just keep in mind the rules are they vary from state to state. So another good reason to use an attorney to make sure you get that right. Um, <clears throat> and then, you know, I mean, just just make sure you keep your own, you know, financial accounts separate from your loved ones so that nobody, you know, in the family is going to question you know what's being done so you can it's very open so that you can show everybody you know exactly where the money's going so make sure you don't co-mingle money between you know your mom and yourself or somebody else you know that you're caring for in the family um, you want to make sure you keep everything totally separate and you just get the power to, to work on their you know checking account write their own checks keep everything totally separate and keep great records because, you know, this can always, there can always be questions in a family and you just don't want to get into that. Just, just make sure it's very open and, you know, and discuss big purchases, big moves with your other siblings. Don't, don't go out here and act alone. If you have other, other family members that, uh, you know, would like to be involved.
0: Yeah. Power of attorney is a, is a key document. We have a lot of clients that are using that for their, their parents. Another one that you, you really need to have as a will. You need to make sure your parents have a will and you have a will as well. And, um, you know, you can help them create that. Um, and uh, it's it serves their purposes well over time. It You got to be careful you don't open yourself up to accusations that illness or um, frailty made the incapacitated person susceptible to your undue influence. Um, as an example, if you isolate the person from friends and family members and what, you know, he or she chooses to leave you is drastically different, uh, in one will to the next then. Uh, you could be uh, accused of, you know, making uh, some, some changes to it or you know, altering the will um, of that individual. So, you know, but a will is a is a legal document, right? And it's going to tell right. the courts where the assets are going to go and where they're not going to go for that matter. So a uh, will is very, very important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And another document that, that can be important is a health care power of attorney. Because, I mean, if you're making financial decisions for your loved one, you may also end up being the person to make healthcare type decisions for him or her. And, you know, to do so, you, you have to set up a separate health care power of attorney with your loved one's attorney and, you know, a living will um, is another good document to have, which, you know, kind of directs doctors about end-of-life medical care and decisions. Mm-hmm. But having a health care power of attorney gives you the authority to make those decisions. You know, if your loved one isn't able to um, make their own decisions. So that's very important. Um, You know, but another thing um, that you need to consider is, you know, whether or not your family members' finances are disorganized. Um, That's often the case. Often it's a mess Mm -hmm. and you have to go in and kind of pick up the pieces. I mean, ideally, your loved one would have meticulous files, easy to, to find all the financial information you need. Um, but that's not usually the case. Usually they're, you know, as they get older, things get a little more messy and, you know, um, and they may not be able to tell you where to find all the records and um, what all the various accounts are. Um, so, you know, I mean, you have to do some detective work, which can include looking through files, sifting through mail, even going through the closet or attic. Um, you want to obtain a clear picture of your loved one's income, assets and insurance. Um, kind of the first step in that process, we found John is you, you got to start getting the mail. You mm-hmm. got to start getting everything that comes in the mail, yep. intercepting that, not letting it automatically, you know, get disseminated inside their house. Um, so that's you, a big
0: thing. You know, a good place to go as well as is, is tax returns, right? Absolutely, so tax returns. You can start seeing interest in capital gains, and um, you may have to contact the former former employer. Um, or, you know, you know, different places that their accounts have been, but the mail is one place. Um, you know, you can also look on statements and see where, you know, charges are coming from. But tax returns is another great resource. Yeah.
1: Tax returns is huge. You're exactly right. And, um, so, but you just gotta, you gotta start intercepting everything and and it's going to take some time, but eventually statements come in and you start getting a big picture. Yep. Of where things are. And then, um, but yeah, the last one you want to deal with, though, is the Social Security and Veterans Benefits.
0: Yeah, so a power of attorney will not help you manage your relative Social Security payments and provide information to the Social Security Administration. So instead, you need a representative payee designation. And to get this, you have to complete the uh, SSA 11 and apply in person at your nearest Social Security office. So POA, power of attorney, is limited. In its scope, uh, it does cover most things, but not Social Security.
1: Yeah, and one more thing. Um, you know, if there are veteran benefits involved, you'll want to make sure you get a, a VA fiduciary authorization. So there's mm-hmm. a form for that as well. It's separate from a POA. Um, so, again, you got to go to the Veterans Administration to get that form and get, a, you know, uh, appointed uh, basically as a VA fiduciary for your loved one. So and just make sure, you know, you go through all these things and you, you – uh, you know you want to make sure you have things lined up for your loved one before they get to the point they can't they can't sign these documents
0: yeah i tell you it is a lot of work when they're alive it's more work when they have passed so absolutely it is better to put some time on the front end of this and try to recreate it and understand it um, they can help you with that uh, as you go through that process but when someone passes away and there's no roadmap. It is extremely difficult, and it can take years to resolve some of these things. So spend yeah. some time on the front end.
1: Absolutely, there can be unpaid bills and debts and things, and so accounts you, out there. I mean, yeah, it's, you just you know. don't want that to happen. So
0: get involved
1: early, and uh, you know, do it lovingly, of course, and with the you know the consensus of your your siblings. Yep. But. Uh, that's a great topic and very important. And that leads up to our last topic, and that is the prescription of the week.
0: Yeah, Steve, there's a, a new scam, and I say new, it's just kind of raising its its head more and more. It's um, Scammers are spoofing uh, bank phone numbers to rob vic- victims. So we've talked about email spoofing a lot, right? Someone sends you an email and asks you to click on this. Well, people are actually being called, and they're being very, very tricky because they're using, um, apparently if you have a voice over type phone, those providers are allowing the, the user to configure the display, anything they want, right? Right. So if if you bank at regions then the number that comes across says regions, um, bank. And so they're basically trying to get access to your, your bank account. They say that there's been a lot of activity. They want you to move your money to something called a vault account at the bank, which is basically their... Account. Their their account <laughs> some other somewhere else that's right yeah. so um it goes on to to talk about that they know the amount in your account and they know where your your last payments have been made there's some speculation that maybe this some of these are insider jobs mm-hmm. someone's in the bank that's providing this or or right. maybe you've clicked on a previous link and they they have access to your bank account so right wow I mean I think um, people listening to this it's not only you you have to be concerned about but it's your parents, like we just right, talked about. it. Right. Even, even young folks, uh, you know, right. people coming out of school and so forth may not have had these experiences. So you just you got to talk about this with your family members and just be diligent.
1: Yeah, I would always say that, you know, if somebody calls you from the bank or anywhere, you know, anybody that's asking you for information, credit card company, um, ask to be able to call them back. You know, that's step one is don't let don't accept their call just because it says it's from the IRS or whatever the, the caller ID says ask to call them back and then check it out you know get with your children get with somebody that's knowledgeable before you call them back and and then don't provide them any information they should already have all the information and and so you know you want to do it that way usually the, these folks will send you a letter so mm-hmm. you have a letter in the mail normally you won't have um, some kind of phone call out of the blue. So uh, just be very, very careful. It's happening a lot. Yes, it is. Good prescription of the week. All right. That brings us to a close for this week's edition of MoneyMD. To next week, to hear more prescriptions for your financial health, check us out on our website, MoneyMD.net, or you know, send us your questions. You can link to us there, um, or you can give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Have a good one.
0: Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year from all of us at MoneyMD. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.